Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This episode of the Pack Pillar Podcast, once again, brought to you by our friends at Giant Bicycles. Today, the spirit of innovation is stronger than ever at Giant. Their collection of gear and apparel developed and tested by some of the top teams and athletes in pro racing continues to expand. Their industry-leading e-bikes are redefining what is possible for riders of all abilities. These innovations serve a larger purpose. It's not just about winning races and producing lighter, stronger, faster bikes. Well, that's part of it, but it's also about making cycling more enjoyable and approachable to everyone. Thank you to Giant for being a part of this podcast. Speaking of the podcast, last one in the temporary studio. I mean it this time. Let's do it. So <laughs> you picked a, you picked a dork, yeah. <laughs> a bike dork for sure. I cheat and, and go off the of notes here, so you know. I know I started thinking, should I be looking up stats? Should I look at notes? That's why I kind of sent you messages. Like I don't know how how. Hey, guards, you got some questions later on. Stumble, stumble yeah. Yeah. yeah no. Okay. okay. <laughs> are we recording? Well. No. <laughs> actually, actually, funny thing, we are. Yeah. So. Oh, uh, good. Hey everybody, welcome to a, another temporary studio podcast. So close, so close. I just need to give the bar slash console time to fully cure. I, I didn't read the directions properly and it said you're supposed to let it sit in a room at 75 degrees for four days. And I'm going, my house has <laughs> never been 75 degrees. So I, I guess I got to make wait a little bit longer. But uh, the tour is underway. Summer's officially here. I'm Pat Bulger and which, with me once again is, uh, well, a familiar face, one of the only... Guy, in case you didn't know, he's been to Belgium. Uh, welcome back to Paul Maine. Paul, how are you, man? Wait, Pat, did I tell you? Did I tell you I went to Belgium? Oh, you, no, oh, you did. Oh, okay, uh, that's well, really that's great. Well, that's thanks for having know. me back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> also with us today, uh, regular to the regional racing scene, uh, not to mention recent winner of the district crit championships, if I'm not mistaken, right? This was uh, well. I actually got second in the road race and and first in the crit. First in the crit. So, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, okay. He's also the main guy behind the Facebook group, uh, Spokane Epic Cycling, which uh, promotes rides and racing all around. So welcome to Sean Howard. How are you, man? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Hey, before we get underway, I believe we do need to get up to date on the uh, Pack Filler Tour game. I've had uh, some listeners actually commenting, and they didn't... I, I, I don't know if they really like our point system of how we're staging this whole thing, but I don't really give a shit because this <laughs> is... Don't play. It's my yeah. game, exactly. You know, I'll just take my toys and go home. But um, It's your I, podcast, it's your game. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, hit stop on your uh, iPod. <laughs> there, I'm going to date myself. Um, but uh, my son, actually... I can call him a little shit because he's not here. I think he's leading overall. Uh, he's got three points because the first stage he took, uh, Peter Sagan is a sprinter, and he got second in that, so that was a point. And then today, spoiler alert, he took Philippe, which gives him two points for the stage win. And so he's with three. I only have one. Uh, Paul, I don't know. Do I haven't you, even done the math yet. You know, do, you, no, I I can't, do you remember your riders? Uh, well, Casper um, Askren. Crash today. That was one of my dark horses. Could the I don't even know that name is? Yeah, yeah. I had to spell it last time. Yeah. <laughs> Would you say? You know. So anyway, yeah, he crashed today, so he's out. Um, and I think I had. Gosh, I can't even remember who I had my climber. It was Nibbly. I don't know. I haven't yet. Yeah. So well, we haven't. I'm not seen in a good shape. Yet, so, I'm probably but... sitting at a big. Fence. You got a long ways to go. You're probably okay. Yeah. 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 Hopefully. Yeah, well. Oh, uh, uh, Gronovagen was my sprinter. Oh, shit. There we go. That's okay. how things are going. Okay. Crash. There okay. you go. They, he's not over yet. Yeah, that's definitely not over. I don't know about Jack because he kept picking riders from the 1990s, so he might be completely <laughs> shit out of luck. <laughs> that doesn't sound good. No. <laughs> At one point, I think he did say Zobble, and I said, oh, yeah, he's in. He went, really? I went, no. It, he's kid. in a team car. Yeah, yeah, and he is. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and Karsten, who the hell knows what he's he's doing he's i can't remember who he picked either but he's uh, in la he might now. Be up there is he yeah oh. flew down there. I'll screw him um but uh as far as we go there um you know sorry sean you didn't get in on this game, no so. I, w- I was just thinking about how fun that would be yeah. to have a, a tour game and and the pick players and yeah it's, it's just, interesting that you're doing that it's mm. simple points and i think um we're we've kind of had the potential offering of this bet and what the loser might have to do. Jack did promote a photograph of an probably early 1980s Concor saddle that was kind of once upon a time was red and I think is now this off kind of bubblegum pink. Okay. And it looks like it's crumbling apart like an old eraser on a pencil. And I, I think he would say that if he won, the loser has to ride that saddle for a month. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that might be a lot of standing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely. All I know is, uh, yeah, all I know is if I lose, I'm going to uh, not ride for a month probably. Yeah, so, yeah good if option. That was the case, but. Um, I think somebody should be. I'm. I'm. If I win, I'm going to make somebody drink spiked seltzer for a month's worth of shows. Oh, jeez. Jeez. <laughs> Isn't that me? Yes. <laughs> Thanks for playing. Yeah, exactly. So I thought I'd do that, but uh, no, I won't do that. But um, what do you? Let's talk about the tour before we even get going on some of the other local stuff. Um, here we are, three stages in. Um, we could all probably agree that Yumbo Visma can probably just sit back and relax they've had such a high profile first couple days um is everyone if every you know i don't i'm sure sean you probably picked some people who you thought were going to kick ass um how's everybody doing here in terms of what you guys think is what's going on with the tour well i'm just going to set things up on spokane epic cycling you had your top 10 list and my top gonna, 10 yeah. yeah 
Yeah. So how, oh, how does okay. that turn out? Yeah. yeah. Well, my top 10 list is great because they haven't done any climbing yet. You know, so <laughs> so they're, they're really, you know, the team time trial was interesting. And I think, you know, some of the teams fared well and some of the teams didn't. But none of the guys took a big enough hit to make a big impact on the overall so far. So I think right now there hasn't been any real crashes. And there hasn't been any, any real climbing as, in terms of general classification for shaking it up. I'm going to guess Richie Port was not on your list. I, I like Richie Port, but he's, you know, he always seems to let me down. He crashes, he crashes enough that I would not put him on my list. No. I, I picked him as my leader. And... <laughs> oh, jeez. When I saw it, it's well, a likable guy, but I don't know. I mean, I think I'm just a glutton for punishment because I've just, every year I've rooted for this guy, and every year he's hit the deck in some way, shape, or form. And this year, when I saw the time trial yesterday, and the and Trek said he lost Fredo, some time. Yeah, they lost yeah, over yeah. a minute. Yeah, he lost some time. And he's a good climber, but you can't gain back I, he's a not minute that on good the best compared to everyone world. else. I, t- I, I like team time trial. To me, the first time I ever watched, you know, uh, the Tour de France on the team time trial, I thought it was the coolest thing. So I was pretty excited. I was up early, so I caught from the roll off. You're up. You want to crack it on every day. He watches all five hours. So then, <laughs> so then I'm sitting there watching, and Trek Segofredo is, is down the road, and I'm like, and, and of course the camera's right behind. I'm counting one, two. There's only seven riders. I lost. Where's Richie? He, he oh. was he was pulling. I couldn't even see oh, him. Oh yeah, he's, he's, he's so pretty tiny. small. When he pulls yeah. off. I mean, his head is like where most people see height is when yeah. he's down. Had to like to be the guy drafted behind that. Yeah, that's not good. There was a guy on Ineos who was like that, one of their time trial specialists that was really low, and I was going, "Jeez, you know, I couldn't imagine being stuck behind mm-hmm. that." But, but I, you know, I don't want to spoil it for anybody. But I honestly looked at that team time trial performance yesterday, and I went, "That's it. Richie Port will not win the tour. It's over." Yeah. I mean, you can't unless something drastic happens. He's got to be climbing so much better than all these other guys and and that even if that is the case he's not going to be able to crush and just dominate and take a minute he, back on all those his guys. season hasn't indicated that he could do that yeah when, yeah. I, when i've been watching following him he just hasn't shown that form that he would be that far ahead of i don't even know if a podium i mean anything's possible it's a long race but yeah he definitely was hurt by yesterday's race mm-hmm and, and Yumbo Visma, I thought was awesome to see somebody other than the big, the, you know, yeah. Darth, Darth Vader team. You yeah. know, even though they do, I don't know if you're an Ineos fan, but I call them Team Bloodbag because the the, the jersey looks like a blood bag <laughs> hanging. It's light red at the you top and it gets darker at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, what? Yeah, it's Visma, Yumbo Visma, um, yellow for two days, two stage wins. Chryswick looking really good, and Wild Van Aert is in um, second place in the young. He's the first, jersey. isn't he? In the white jersey, he's first in the white, oh, jersey, white jersey, second overall in the GC. Team. Yeah, so. I mean, good lord, mm-hmm. that's that's just they hit a home run. Yeah, yeah. they they really did. Yeah, and aren't they a quite a bit lower budget group? Yeah, quite a than bit on these other guys. Yeah, so it's quite a bit lower. Yeah, so that could that I actually I'm I you know if Garrett Thomas wins another tour I wouldn't be upset I wouldn't be like damn it that sucks I hate that guy or something like that but I also find myself that maybe that's why I pick Port I always find myself rooting for the underdogs yeah and yeah. um and it's just I hope for something like that uh, Movistar came apart in the team time trial um I in fact before you guys came over I was watching the NBC SN coverage. 
just to see how all that's going. I don't watch that. Usually I watch the, the stream version. But um, I think Vandeveld said kind of along the same lines. He says, Nairo Quintana is a great climber, but he... He, he's going to now be attacking and fifth place guys are going to be chasing him. And, yeah. You know, and all this kind of stuff. And it's, you know, one person against the entire top 10 and it is his tour over too. Yeah. And, and with him, he's, he's a guy that, you know, kind of like with Richie, I've kind of always hoped that he would do better. And obviously he's been yeah. second and he's done really well, but I think for him, he's had so much pressure, but the time trial every year seems to be his Achilles heel and he just can't get past that. Yeah, you know. well, at least he's got a, a Giro, and I think a Volta. He's got some major yeah. wins, but yeah. I think he gets... It, Richie has on the Grand Tour ever been on a podium. Yeah, he's a one-week one week yeah. racer. And you picked him. <laughs> why right did we, have, why yeah. did we <laughs> have this discussion about a week ago before yeah. I picked all my guys? I, and, and I know I, I've actually received quite a bit of grief about pitch, picking Richie. Um, so, uh, you know, everybody, your point has been taken. But I Last can't back year, up. Uh, last year, I think he probably had a chance until he wrecked. Yeah. He looked good last year. Yeah. And the year before. I mean, he's looked good the last couple of years, so I don't think it's a bad pick. But uh, I don't. But I'm just hoping he gets past stage nine. Is yeah, that the last it. two, that's... that's stage nine has been his... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The kill shot yeah. for him. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and I watched that little interview he had the other day, and he was saying something malfunctioned with his bike on yeah. stage nine last year. Oh, to me, man. it looked like he just took the inside of the corner on the downhill and just and wrecked, but... He said he has hand mechanicals. Oh, shit. So I don't know. What kind of bike was that, Paul? I, I believe it was a BMC. Okay. But what a, kind of bike you ride, Paul? BMC, but <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I don't believe it. You don't believe <laughs> it? Was, definitely looked like he picked the wrong line. Yeah, I would it say a, he really It did. was a painted Cervelo, painted. damn it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, the, you know, even like uh, the whole discussion of bike mechanics and all that type yeah. of thing. But um, I don't know if you guys remember last year when uh, – uh, Philip Joubert was on a break and he's descending. Oh, and he, he went over that he wall. Cracked his knee, went over a wall. Yeah, and one of the one of the guys that I ride with says, "Had he had disc brakes, that wouldn't have happened." I said, "You watch his line. I don't care. Wrong you, line. Only the act of God would have helped because yeah. he panicked. I mean, he just hit it all wrong. He was way before the he was his line was carrying him over the wall. No matter what kind of brakes you have on, so." And, I, I actually, this is completely kind of almost off topic, but I do remember seeing a news reporter in some city in the United States covering it saying he, he had his other foot out because he was pushing back to stop the bike. He's saying, assuming <laughs> oh, that, that the coaster, oh, coaster brakes. Yeah. <laughs> so did his brake malfunction then? Is that what happened? He just, no, no, he picked the wrong line. He never oh. said anything. Okay. But it was back yeah. in the mechanics, like, you know. Okay, gotcha. I know my bike was, you know, Richie Port says, you know, I've heard that same interview that my bike was malfunctioning. Is that what drew you off that line? Because yeah. that's not a good, he was way off. And he talked about he should have made a bike change. He just didn't know when to do it. So you're going to go downhill at, you know, yeah, 50 speed. miles an hour yeah. with yeah. without doing a bike change. I mean, yeah. I think I think the 10 or 20 second or 30 second <clears throat> gap would have been better than hitting the deck. Yeah, yeah and going home. Yeah. And, you know, crying on the on this street corner there you look at the disc brake thing and i remember last year at the end of the tour when peter was in the green jersey he wrecked on one of the descents with disc brakes oh wow mm -hmm. and i saw that and i thought well that's not gonna that's not gonna be well for the disc brakes no exactly and and a lot of i also saw another bit of coverage talking about the fact that it's um the disc brakes are allowing riders to brake later i think that's what it is and for sure that, that's that 
that's a good thing, and that's really difficult for people on rim brakes to now compensate makes, for. Mm-hmm. That's so, uh, true. Really? I, I mean, I don't ride I mean, disc brakes, so I don't know. I got an enduro bike, endurance-type bike, a Cervelo, that yeah. has disc brakes, and it definitely does let you brake um, later. It does. It does. Uh, I don't notice my rim brakes. I've never had an issue with them ever. But once I got on disc brakes, I was like, there definitely is a difference when you go back to rim brakes. But if you're used to riding rim brakes, I mean, I don't know if I would say it makes me better or worse. Really? Okay. I I made the mistake. I was actually going to buy my most recent bike with disc, but I just, I freaked out. It was like a last second... Oh God! What if I need a wheel change? Or you know, I yeah. only have I have so many sets of wheels in the house, and I don't have I only I'd only have one set of discs, and and I freaked out at the last second. And so Karsten's been making fun of me ever since. But um, but I don't know I don't know where to go with it. But shit. Okay, I, I keep jumping to jump at ship. Um, before we get to the stuff about any more things on the tour, education first. Uh, Nibali Yates. Thibaut Pino and the sprinters. I don't know if you guys had any commentary on any of that stuff and how it's all going. I think Peter Sagan is going to go home with another green jersey unless he crashes somebody like again. By the way, he didn't crash somebody. But. Hey, what is he, fifth today with Hills? Yeah. I mean, he yeah. Was tough. yeah. He's tough. He's he's obviously fit and motivated. Yeah. Divorce is behind him. Divorce is behind yeah. him. He looks he looks <laughs> he like he's go. got something to prove. Yeah. He looks fresh. I didn't even know about that. Yeah. God, shit. Well, so- with education first, I thought it was kind of interesting. They have a... Um, with Ellen Lim now with Scratch, he's coaching uh, uh, Van Garden. And, you know, he didn't want to coach, but the interviews that he had, it, it sounds like TJ's like on, on track and it's pretty impressive. And I, I'm, I could tell like uh, the way, even at the Tour of California, how TJ was reacting. He seemed a little bit different person. And, That's good. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see, and and same with, uh, I think that team is going to be one to watch. They got Michael like, Woods, and when they start that third week, Michael Woods, TJ, uh, yeah, Rigoberto, Oran, and I think they're going to be force to reckon with. I think we're pulling for that team, you know, as being in the yeah. states. Yeah, yeah. We want that team to do well, and I really like how they approach cycling right now. They're having, they're doing a little bit of everything. And it looks like they're about having fun on the bike. Yeah, yeah. And I, I enjoy that. I don't enjoy the pink kit. Well, I that's... Don't like that. <laughs> you know what? I don't know if I enjoy it either, but it is probably one of the most effective marketing tools I've ever 100% seen. 100% oh, yeah. stands out. Yeah. Yeah. Only it, one out there. Yeah. 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 I mean, and, yeah, so I, I, I'm, it's growing on me. I'm, I wouldn't wear a pink pock, but I, I don't mind it. You wouldn't wear it. a pock? You wouldn't wear a pock mm-hmm. at all? Yeah. Pock helmets? No. I get a peanut head. <laughs> I'd look like a mushroom. On top of <laughs> oh, I would too. You know, I would too. Trust me, I got a gigantic melon. But it's, um, yeah. No, you got to pick certain certain brands. Um, gentlemen, I'm going to put you on the on the spot here. If you had to pick, we'll, we'll probably do this every week. But if you had to pick right now, what the po- final podium is going to be in Paris after three days of watching the bike race, what would they be? Top three in order. In order. In order. How you think it's going to be in Nibali, Fulgasong, and Brunel. Third. N- what? Yeah, Nibali wow. will win. He's, you think he's, Nibali's going to win? Yeah, he's hiding out. He is. That is one is. of the smartest strategic riders in the pack. Wow. I would say. I think. Yeah. I, I'll go Egan for one. Egan? Okay. Yeah, I, I really think. I know he's young, 
But I think him missing the Jiro this year, I think mm-hmm. he's fresh. I look at his results lately. Um, I, he's a he's a good time trailer. He's got the team around him. Last year, he's 15th, and he did all the pulling, like the entire race. He did yeah. a ton, and when the race really got hard at the end of the third week, he was going hard and, yeah. and helping Chris and all those guys out. So I take him as number one right now. Who's two and three? <sighs> two and three. Oh, man. I mean, that's it's so early. That's hard for me to pick. I I honestly don't know at this point. I want to say Naro. Yeah. I, I I really want him to do well. I, the the time trial hurt him, like you said the other day. It kind of hurt him, but there is a lot of climbing coming up, and there the, the time trial individual time trial coming up is shorter, so he's gonna lose time there again. But yeah. I can see him definitely being on the podium. Um, beyond that, I I think the defending champ last year. I think he's gonna be back. Yeah, uh, I don't know how he doesn't make the podium, but I haven't seen him race a lot lately. And he so, lost five seconds today. Yeah, did he? Mm-hmm. Oh wow, missed a split. And, and Brunel, I did was see that on the tail end. Oh really? The first one. So Brunel is leading for. Wow. For. Uh, see, I got to pay more attention to the coverage, maybe instead of just fast forwarding. <laughs> well, I have nothing else to do but sit there and watch and listen. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he may just totally become a worker. Yeah. He yeah. might just end up being a worker. Yeah. I mean, if he keeps losing time here, there, this early on. But, you know, some guys start finding their legs later in the race, and yeah. they need to get those hard efforts. You know, we've ridden enough. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. you do a couple hard efforts, and the next couple of days you feel better. Oh, yeah. He didn't really race coming up to the end to this race, so yeah. he's probably not feeling that snappiness, that poppiness so he could ride into that fitness i think yeah it's what, what you you were who were your second and third paul uh it said nibbly uh Fulgesang. now now here's the thing he crashed he and did I just heard, and i just heard no uh, there's only very few people who have ever won the tour if uh, that's had an accident or some kind of crash Usually they go think about Garrett Thomas always finds a pavement he's never, yeah, never finishes high and then, Bernardino in eighty five, yeah, that's he's one of the few. There Armstrong. is a few that did it. Armstrong, Armstrong crashed once. Yeah, yeah, back in that sprint I can't remember what year it was. But well, wait a he, minute, he also oh, no, remember, okay. remember that Musette caught him he on that bars. Remember he, he didn't did, win the yeah. tour. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he didn't win the tour. Yeah, Jesus, <laughs> that, still got the jerseys hanging up. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> That's yeah. his quote. Seven yeah. jerseys still on my wall. Yeah, <laughs> haven't got them yet. <laughs> um, I'm gonna. I think Thomas is gonna double up. I just feel it. I I really wanted my original pick, but that's just. Exercise and futility. I think Thomas is going to win a second tour. I don't know why, but I, I think Bernal is going to take the team, the teammates' job there. You know that Thomas did for Froome for so many years because he's so young. Um, uh, God, Nibali. I I have Nibali as my climber, but I just see him going for stage glory. I don't see him doing as much. Um, Never trust a Sicilian because that's what he said. Oh, Only when and he is, is a crafty stage. rider. <laughs> death is on the line. <laughs> never, also, never getting world in a land wars in Asia. Um, shit, now I'm losing my mind. Um, I would love to see. Um, so you're going by heart. You said I love to. It's not like yeah. Oh, think. I'm oh, going okay. completely by heart. Yeah, right. I'm not going right. by stats. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll pick Nibali for a second. That'd be really cool for second Copycat. spot. Yeah, I am. I am. I'm not an original person. 
Um, and then I'm, I'm going to just go something like far off and like Iran for third, Rigoberto or Iran for third. That That'd be, be kind of yeah. cool good. if he could pull that down. So, cause he's got some teammates now who mm-hmm. could do something with him. Cause in p- years past, it's always been kind of hit and he's miss. He's had to find his own first. wheels and yeah. chase everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, okay. So, so there we go. And I think there's no way Peter Sagan isn't going to take the record for green jerseys unless he crashes yeah. or something yeah. horrible goes wrong. I think he's, I think, you know, he might not be consistent. You know, instead of Iran, I'm jumping back. I'm going for Thibaut Pino. Good call. Yeah, I like yeah, T- yeah, yeah. He's, he's an aggressive rider. And he's sitting pretty good right he now. He is sitting They had a good team time trial, and I think France is resting on that guy. They man. are banking on him. Yeah. So, okay, so there we go. That, that's what I'm going to do. Like, okay, so let's, let's, jump, let's jump topics here. I, and kind of one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you in, Sean, is because you, you're – entrenched in the race scene you know as much and probably definitely more than i am paul you're pretty heavy you're into it and stuff like that you're the, one of the kind of guys who travels to the r- regional races and gets these things done um uh fourth of, i, I kind of want to also talk about that fourth of july ride we all recently did we all technically rode to the summit of mount spokane even though i did it in a different way i did it on my gravel bike and um tell me about first of all this Spokane Epic Cycling Group and um, how it kind of came about and where you know what what the the focus of that group is. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so Spokane Epic Cycling is just a group I created for riders uh, that want to get together and ride. You know, there I'd been around long enough, and people always say, "Oh, I wish I wouldn't known that ride was happening." So I figured I'd put something on social media where people could look at it and say, hey, there's there's a ride going on and, and then create events from it and they could say, hey, we're doing the 4th of July Mount yeah. Spokane climb. And there's great numbers there and I don't think that was all because of that webpage, but I think that was something that brought people there. So I wanted to put something out there where, where people could feel, where do I go to find group rides? I live up north, you know, up by Mead and area and that's where I like to ride. So I started riding with people out there and, and some people know the area and some people don't, but I created the webpage to kind of show people around that, that way. And then it was the, the other idea was I wanted to put on mock races. Okay. So that was kind of something mm-hmm. we started doing, which was <laughs> that started a long time ago. That started, you know, 10, 15 years ago with a, with a bunch of guys from the vertical earth team and myself, Mark Kanoki being one of them, yeah. Eric Anderson, uh, Gertner, Gabe Varela, all those guys. And we'd put on these races called paper plates. <laughs> and, and, and so we'd put up we'd someone would make a course uh, a couple guys made courses up here i made courses up north and we'd put up some paper plates with arrows with arrows gotcha. mm-hmm. and so then you do a mock race because you know sometimes people want to race but they don't want to travel it doesn't fit their plans but they want to do something mm-hmm. but they want to do hard efforts yeah. so we just make a, a mock race and that's so i started doing that again with spokane uh epic cycling and and drawing people out and setting courses up up north, it and correct me if I'm wrong. It seems to be doing really well. I mean, I you know, like you said, you don't know if the Mount Spokane ride was all a part of that group, but there were there were at least from what I heard, a, a good seventy to eighty riders on that thing. I think there was, yeah, yeah. It was there massive. was. It was massive. Mm-hmm. And, and I started thinking, this has just got to be an annual thing. And, yeah. and just make it bigger, yeah. bigger, bigger. And it was great to see that many people out on a ride. I was so impressed that I'm, I didn't half the people there. I did not know. Same here. So I rode from my house, which is not far from here. Okay. And I was running a little bit late. So I was like, I'm, I'm 
pushing and pushing. I'm looking at and I'm right at that roundabout on a day. Day Mount Spokane uh, yeah, Road. Yeah, Day Mount Spokane Road. I could see people starting to leave the parking lot. And I'm thinking, I'm just going to hook on with somebody I know. And there's just streams of people going. Oh, that's awesome. I don't, I, I don't know any of these people. You know, and then people yeah. drove. You know, I, I'm thinking, I thought it was going to be like 12 of us. Yeah. You know? yeah. And I'm like, holy cow. It was, it was, it was great. I was trying to find you yeah. for the show purpose. And I ran into Matt Cusack and I said, have you seen Sean? Yeah, he's way back there. He's kind of in the back. And I'm like, well, I kept dropping back. It's like, Where the I don't even know these people. You know, and it was great to it was see. Great turnout. Spokane. Yeah. So tell me about, for the people who don't live in Spokane, this basically is, you know, it's a, how, uh, how long of a ride was it in its entirety? Would you guys say mileage wise? Well, the ride was originally to start from Mount Spokane High School, and a lot of people rode from their homes. Yeah. But from Mount Spokane to the top of, from Mount Spokane High School to the tip top of the of the mountain is probably close to 23, 24, 25 miles. Okay. But the climb lasts about 15 miles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. And what would you guys categorize the climb if it was categorized in the UCI calendar? categorization of, of mountains. Strava puts it as a or category. Really? Yep. Okay. Beyond category. Yep. It's it definitely is. I've raced and ridden all over the place and Mount Spokane is is hard. It's brutal. Brutal. Uh, it's evil. I, I don't know I, I think I saw a lot of you guys and I think you all and a lot of you guys ended up with over four thousand feet of climbing. Yeah. Yes. And I I mean that's just okay. So the 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 listener who does no who doesn't live anywhere in Spokane has an idea of what's going on. Um, tell me about the demographics of that ride. What would, what was the group of people who showed up? I mean, I heard everybody from mom and pop on mountain bikes up Definitely. to really fast people. Yeah, I saw racers were there. Um, people on a couple of people on mountain bikes. Uh, there was someone that went up the hill, and I was coming back down, waiting for my buddy Kevin Appleton, and and I was coming down the hill, and and I started talking to a guy. I said, "Man, thanks for coming out to the ride, and that's really cool. You did it. How'd you like it?" And he said, oh, it's great. This is my third time riding. Whoa. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I thought to myself, now let me put this in perspective because I've offered my wife $500 to climb Mount Swokan. And the only rule she has is she cannot stop. Yeah. That's been a three-year going ordeal I've had with her. And, and it hasn't happened. So the fact that this guy went up there on his third ride, wow. I was like, so it was a wide range of people yeah. that actually did it I, I saw a couple of people on tt bikes and i'm like That's <laughs> i saw insane. that too really oh yeah oh oh my god the positioning's not no good for climbing no, no not at all and the downhill you know mouse Wilkins hard to climb but that summit road coming down is not it's yeah yeah i mean you talked about disc brakes. If you yeah. want disc brakes, that's a great spot for disc brakes. The second half of the downhill is smooth yeah. and fun and yeah. fast but the the upper Four miles is is pretty rough. It's, it's bumpy. Yeah, it's bumpy. And, yeah. In fact, there's a guy that there's a a group of guys that leave called the Morning Ride. They call themselves the Morning Ride Ride on the South Highway. Really so, original. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Pretty, I've heard pretty that. original. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's been going on since '86. Yeah. Oh, so, that's incredible. There was no originality. In yeah. I mean, so, we're yeah, the yeah. first. You know. <laughs> yeah. So the Morning Ride. Yeah. But anyway, one of them was coming down. He's uh, his name is Stephen. Uh, I headed down first. Because I've known that I've been riding it forever, and I I tried to avoid it, but you know that that was the ride. So I was tearing <laughs> down the hill, and and I hit a pothole. You couldn't even oh, see man. it where it sunk it did, sunk down. Yeah. It did. Yes. My wrist turned, and I and my chest hit the stem. I was able to keep it up, and I'm like, whoa. This was on the ride the other day. No, this is about 
four or five okay. years ago. Oh, okay. And that's okay. how bad the road is. It, it's not improving yeah. by any means. No, no. It's getting worse. And so we went down. We, I stopped at Bear Creek Lodge, and, and uh, hardly anybody's coming down. The dude hit that same pothole. Oh, God. And they said he was laying unconscious in, oh, in the ditch, and his front wheel was way down the road. His front wheel came off somehow. Oh, wow. Holy so, snap his yeah. fork or... Yeah. Uh, that's no, crazy. I don't know what Steer happened. Was loose? He doesn't yeah. remember, so, you know. Wow. But that's how bad that top section is. Just nasty. Yeah. I know those know. little... There are those little dips. Yeah. That's what's yeah. bad. It's not the... There's the broken pavement. There's a little bit of that, but that's not bad. But yeah. yeah, you can mm-hmm. see it. It's just the dips. And you yeah. can't see them because of the shading. And so if you just hit one just right, it does launch you pretty hard or, or hit you pretty hard. Yeah. We went up, as I said, on a gravel ra- route, so it was completely off, off-road and kind of a different way to get up to that summit. But what, we did join on to the road probably about a mile before the summit, and then we came up. But then we took the road all the way back down. Okay. And I'm the only idiot in this gravel ride with uh, cantilever brakes because I'm old school, and I'm not going to – well, I already bought my kid a gravel bike, so I'm broke for a while. <laughs> but um, we got down that first section, and I just out of curiosity touched my rims, and they were – quite hot. hot to mm-hmm. the touch i mean the, the other guys on discs their their discs were so hot if you touched them you would you burn. instantly burn you your would hands have, yeah for sure um but i started off kind of comfortable thinking okay i'm on a cross bike better geometry i could probably descend a little better but man i i started grabbing so much brake that my hands were cramping because i was they panicking. cramp yeah yes. it was it was but it was a, it was a great ride so that type of a ride attracts 80 people um give or take uh, the our weeknight race series just came to a conclusion. The Twilight series just came to, came to a conclusion. And what would you say? The biggest group was probably twenty some people. I think the first wasn't the first or second. I think a, a couple first nights had good numbers. Yeah. Everyone yeah. gets so motivated yeah. the first mm-hmm. race or two, and then they're kind of like, okay, what can I do now? What? Uh, how do we how do we account for this fact that in theory they're both bike rides they're both hard effort bike rides yeah. one is contracting almost none the last races i don't know you know what what, what that last eight at, well sean was at baker city yeah you and his little numbers yeah, yeah. so there's only total, eight. maybe 150 at baker city yeah and that's usually a that's 300 cool. plus 400 yeah, yeah, plus yeah. race it's yeah. usually big mm-hmm. yeah but i do know there's a bunch of national events going on and there's some other stage race stuff going on i don't know if that affected it or not yeah but I don't know. There's something about sometimes putting on a number, you know, paying an entry fee and putting on a number that I think puts people off. You put a hard ride together and people are like, I'll try that. Yeah. You know, you know, you look at the Fondos. Yeah. They're huge. Gigantic. You know, you look yeah. at them. I, Jake Mecki out of Efreda, uh, his his things sell out every, you know, the first yeah couple hours or first couple of days. and. You know, he'll cap it at 200, 300 riders, and it will sell out. And they have gravel and climbing. And so I don't know what's going on with road racing. It's well, just, I mean, the numbers are always good. Like, you did Tour de Bloom, right? Tour de Bloom was good. Huge. Yeah, it was Bloom and was Walla massive. Walla were good. Yeah, that's all early season. Early so my season. theory is that, it, you know, the average age I heard like five, six years ago, the average age of a cat one in the, in the United States is 38 years old. So you're average. having kids, yeah. the average age. That makes sense. Yeah. So now... What happens in racing, when I started back, way back then, uh, <laughs> in 86, the very first race, and, and Pat would know, like the big sanction race was Volunteer Park, and that was the first weekend in April. Yeah. There was no, I mean, you had the, 
Banana Belt uh, series down in Portland. But that was it. And that wasn't even that popular. Piece of Cake Race down there. Um, but, uh, you know, it would build through the summer. But I think what's happening is cycling is a bunch of an older generation. It there's is. graduation. There's like even, you know, the RVP this year, the numbers were low. It's like, that's just, people are now, kids are in soccer. I and mean, we had problems getting Other commitments. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I also think a big one was, I was talking to Gino Lisecki a couple days ago. Gino, for the listeners who don't know who he is, he was a promoter for years, um, big kind of legend in putting on races in this community, that he talked to um, a couple people involved with the club that puts on our weeknight series, and that road race alone, he spent like $600 in insurance fees just to get his drivers out on the road in front of wow. every course. Yeah, 450 I think it was. Is that what it was? 450, 450 okay. that was just for the drivers. Yeah, wow. just wow. to insure one, Wednesday, one Thursday night race. Yeah, a training race that eight guys showed up for. Yeah. And now, oh, that was, and that's the one I was down in Baker City. Mm -hmm. So yeah. the only, the, the real one I really wanted to do was that race. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, well, I'm, I'm driving to Baker City that yeah. day. But I did hear the numbers were that way. Yeah. So why would you put on a road race? That's it, why I've always asked myself. Exactly. Why would yeah. you do it? Yeah. I don't think that's, it's a lot of work for little reward for these race promoters. Um, then there's that group that uh, I had Chuck Henlon on a couple of weeks ago on the show, and he's running the NABRA. Um, which is another source of sanctioning your events, which is a incredibly I you know I'm, I don't know the exact details, but it sounds like it's almost too good to be true because the rates are so much cheaper in terms of putting on a race. You're not going through USAC anymore. Is do you what do you guys think? Is USA Cycling the problem, or is it just dads and families and and things like that and the sport fading out? I don't know if the sport's fading out because people are still riding their bikes. Yeah. And and they always – I've been around long enough to go from mountain biking, from cyclocross to road biking to gravel riding. I've done all of it, and I've seen numbers shift one way and then back the other way. It's, it's it flows. It yep. goes, yeah. yeah. Definitely changes. And I, I don't know if it's it's the USAC, like you're saying. I, I don't know. Obviously, race promoters have got to protect themselves insurance-wise. Yeah. You know, because you know, someone crashes or whatever, but – I don't know what the solution is, and, and I think race promoters are all trying to figure that out. You know, Baker City, they asked, they sent out a, a survey, what can we do different to get the numbers up? We want to do oh, this, wow. but what can we do different? So they're, they're reaching out to the riders that just came, and it's interesting reading the comments of what people have said. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Of, of the events that you travel to, um, 
who's doing it right in your opinion? What are the ones that are that are getting it right and what makes those events special? You know, Walla Walla is a great race and like Paul said, it's it's early season, so people are fired up, excited, mm-hmm. and it's probably no conflict with other schedules possibly. Yeah. And then Tour de Bloom uh is a great race. Uh both those races are awesome. Uh Edom Claw's great too. And they tied those races together to make a series, which I thought was when I read that I thought, what a great idea. Yeah. And so what are those guys doing different than Baker City? I don't think they did anything different, per se. It could be timing, yeah. you know, the time of the year. Yep. But Baker City does have a Mount Spokane hill climb at the end of it. Wow. And and if you're not a hill climber, you could look at that and say, well, guess what? That, that race doesn't suit <laughs> yeah. me. And, and Tour de Bloom used to do that. I don't know if you did yeah. Bloom when we used to go up up yep. uh, Wenatchee Heights. Yep. And you'd do that loop twice, and it's it's a – maybe a 3000 foot climb and it's horrible. It is hard. And you'd go up it, come back down it and you'd go up it again. And so people complained and complained and complained about it. And their numbers did drop. You put an extremely hard climb in a race. People love it for the challenge, but people will not show up because they know they cannot do well. So it's kind of this, I don't know what you do yeah and the promoter i can't remember the promoter of uh turtle bloom he's very active and what do you guys want to see he he wants to expand to five stages yes he's you know he he throws out something yeah ace he throws out like what about an uphill time trial and then you can see the no 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 no. yeah one thing that seems to stand true is the very last day a lot of people don't like that course that waterville course yeah i've had i've been it's all it's it's a flat kind of rolly course but Probably it's windy pretty close to liberty the liberty lake school yeah i mean Just it's rolling hills you barren, don't realize it barren Wind, rolling hills wind yeah. fields yeah. Gotcha. you get guttered if yep. there's a couple strong guys or there's a team there you get guttered and you get popped and then there's 10 guys and there's 30 guys chasing and then people just pull the race yeah wow it's 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 great racing uh it's not the best of courses but the wind plays a factor and team tactics play a factor but I think when people get popped out of races, which they will, mm-hmm. it discourages them a little bit to do it again. Yeah. You know, if you get popped out from the wind, and I've had that out at the, the Tuesday night races, now Thursday night races, yeah. where I've shown up and there's been teams there and it's windy and you got five guys on one team and then just five random guys and you get guttered and everyone gets popped, but the team guys and then people never show up again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you just go, well, okay. <laughs> this yeah. was it, like you called it a training race. Yeah. And you do that, and then you go, well, uh, maybe people don't want to come no more. Yeah. So you got to make races that entertain people somehow. You know, it, how do you do that? I don't know. It's it's funny. There are a couple things that just from listening to you guys talk. Number one was the fact that um, uh, when you do get popped, um, I, I stopped going to the Tuesday night, now Thursday night rides, uh, because I showed up one day, and there were four guys in the APAC, and I am not strong enough to – put my face out in the front for the whole race and you know it turns into a team time trial and these guys are all stronger than me and that's it you know i get popped and my day's over and i just went wow i just spent 20 bucks for for 20 minutes and i'm I'm gonna go home now um and then the the other one is that you're talking about how these races need to put these mountain you know some riders like a challenge these hills you know i gotta try it out uh, but some riders are going to go home. Yet we just started the show talking about a ride up Mount Spokane yeah. where it's a hill and it's a challenge. But the key thing is you can get dropped on ride up Mount Spokane. 
you can only be on your bike for the third time. Your goal is not to be up there first. Your goal is to just yeah. get up yep. there. That's where Fondos and, and all those type of rides, group yeah. rides there. And, and, and everyone that I talked to that have done the Fondos, and I've done, I've done a couple of them. I did the Sandpoint one. I did the Coeur d'Alene one. People show up that don't think they're racing, but yeah, oh, racers yeah. show up that know they're racing. Yeah. Like I put a number on, and you're chip timing me, and you're saying there's KOMs on certain hills, and there's a finish line. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm definitely racing. Now, maybe the other 300 people or maybe 100 people that signed up that just want to finish it, and there's that reward factor are not yeah. racing, yeah. and that's great. But it, it kind of caters to both worlds there. That's yeah, and that's what I, it, we keep coming back to in this in our discussions about this on the show is it's this you have the people who are able to go as fast as they possibly can, but you also have the people who want to just finish it and have a cookie and get a pint of beer yes. at the end of it. Um, I did that. I did that. The Sandpoint Fondo okay. a couple of weeks ago. Oh, I did see you did that. Yeah, and I got I found myself at one point repairing a flat, and I was pissed because I was I was we were losing time. You were, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you're not racing. No, 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 I'm not I'm here to here race. For the fun. Freak out. Yeah. And then, and then the first thing my kid does, we finish together, and the first thing he does is he goes over and he gets little printouts of how well we did. Yeah. Hey, Dad, last year we were in the top twenty. This year we were in the top ten. I was like, oh, good about that. Yeah, yeah. I was like, shit, all right, man. Yeah. You know, and then all of a sudden I find myself, yeah, I was racing. Yeah. I, 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 even though I didn't think I was. Yeah. I was. Yeah, because you show up kind of with the idea that I'm not racing. And then you get out there and your adrenaline kicks in a little yeah. bit and your competitiveness yeah. kicks in a little bit. And you go, well, I'm not racing, but I guess I... I am a little bit, but yeah. everyone's gonna everyone's racing. Then everyone does stop at the food stations, which yeah. is pretty neat. And you go, yeah. okay, well, that's cool too. I'm I not racing, but I'm not racing, but I'm gonna beat that asshole. You gotta <laughs> beat that guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's mountain biking, though. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. yeah. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I, I don't. Again, I keep coming back to the question: Is is it the formatting of road cycling that is that is hitting us a little bit, or do we just need a new batch of people to learn the the basics of the sport and breathe new life into it? So, you know know. who Julian Williams is? I think that's his name, Julian. He's a he was a um, national champion, crit champion. Oh wow! And uh, anyway, there was a great interview I saw, um, and he was talking about. He said crit racing is is really the best thing for the United States. That is actually a forte, not road racing. Yeah. He goes, you know, when I do road races and stuff and you see, um, you know, try and tell people about it, they just don't get it. It's, because I bring people to, to watch me race. Everyone that, loves crit. Oh, yeah. man. And, and, and I think Spectators. that's maybe what we need to gravitate to, in my opinion, is to create a little more, like even for Spokane, to get a downtown crit. Yes. Because it, it, that becomes the core. And, and, you know, people start, they don't have to understand. It's going by fast. Yeah, it's and, fun to watch. Yeah, fun yeah. to watch. And every once in a while they hear, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit, fuck yeah. And, and, you know. and there's no explaining. All you got to do is tell people it's like watching NASCAR. Yeah. And they go, oh, well, I kind of understand that. Yeah. That's oh, what uh, crit racing is. Yeah. Okay. We're trading pain out there. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> rubbing that, is racing. Yeah. Yeah. The crit we did here. Did here, you know, a couple of years ago. Yeah. The downtown one was awesome. You won, and I and I did win. I got, <laughs> and I did. And you know what? I did win it, and that always makes races better. You ever ask someone that won a race if they liked it? They loved it. You ask the person that got popped, they hated it, and that's <laughs> yeah, the way yeah. it goes. Exactly. That's a stupid. Race. I'm hating a lot more races. <laughs> but the nice thing was, I know they did it one year, and it was great. And then they did it another year, and I looked at the numbers of people watching, 
And I don't know, there's probably, I'm guessing maybe 500 people around the course watching. And I yeah. thought, this is incredible. Yeah. If you've ever been to the Boise Crit, which is this weekend. Oh, yeah. That, that like will draw 10,000 people, yep. five to 10,000 people around the course watching. Wow. If you ever want to win a race, and I've told all my friends this because they talk about hill climbing and, and all this or time trial. And, you want to win a crit because that's when people see it. Yeah. You want to win a crit because that's when everyone yeah. sees it. No one sees a mountaintop finish. You no. finish up there and you fall over your bike and you got the guy that's doing the stopwatch or time and then your yeah. family and no one, no one saw it. Yeah. No one saw the effort you put out. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I've, I've seen that. And, and how many of those people, you know, let's say it's 500 or let's say it's 10,000 people watching. What are the chances that 1% of those people are going to maybe start bike racing? That's yeah. that's what's going to help grow the sport. Yeah, I think so. There's like going back to that that downtown crit that we had, and I was warming up on some rollers, and these people are just randomly walking by, and the and these kids are just watching me doing this, and they thought is the guy just started John. I'm sorry, can I ask you some questions? You know, that what, is what awesome. Going yeah, yeah. That's that awesome. generates it's it's a stationary. It isn't something that uh, you yeah. know blows by. Yes. And what was that? Uh, well, some bikes went by, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I think, I think maybe that's, a, that's the answer is to get like a even, a even series. Can. I, series. I, I've entertained the thought, but I have no initiative to do it, but doing a small little Tuesday nights doing park series. So yeah. urban park. Yeah. So that, that oval. Yeah. Uh, you can get, I know enough people in the music business to have like little bands and try and do like yeah. summer parkway type thing. Yeah. Redesign Manitou. Uh, I'm sure there's on the north side there's plenty of parks, but then the granddaddy be downtown. Downtown. Wow. And and then you know that would end the series, and then that try and get money to get in to bring people outside of town. And so. It reminds me of the old Wheat Thins Mayor's Cups yeah, yeah, that they yeah. had back in the eighties. Okay. It was all it was a series of crits all over the country that were sponsored, you know, national series, and they were all in fairly good sized communities. Um, I remember doing one in Portland, Seattle. There was one here. You know, Boise, Boise, I think, even yeah. had one. Yeah, and they were great. You know, and they, you had specific teams in those days that were just crit teams. The Alfa mm -hmm. Romeo team, believe it or not, oh, wow. things like that. Weedy Schwinn. Yeah, yeah, Weedy Schwinn, yeah. Um, and, and then even Coeur d'Alene did one a couple of years ago. Yeah, that Mike Gertner and yeah. Vertical Earth, they, yeah. they ran one. And people actually loved that one. Yeah. And they did it two or three years in a row, and then they didn't do it. Yeah. I think it right on the same the weekend as the Fondo. Yeah, it was right before. It was the night before the Fondo. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I know the announcer. He was he was pretty average. It was him. <laughs> <laughs> also, the downtown crit needed a better, way better it. announcer. Yeah. yeah, but no, as, same. Yeah, as, yeah. As an announcer, though, it is something that uh, to be said that um, when you're in a downtown criterium like that and you're announcing, you have the opportunity. And this isn't me stepping on a high horse to educate an audience about what a preem lap is, um, what, you know, ha the, dealing with time gaps, dealing with things like that and a categories and things or, like that. And, yeah. you know, and the, you've got a breakaway of four riders. There's one guy who's definitely not a sprinter. You know, what are the tactics involved? And you can talk to an audience about that and they get interested in the, in this, in the yeah. event itself instead of announcing a crit that's out and, you know, no offense to our one out here, but it's way out kind of in the middle of nowhere. And needed by some restaurants and, yeah. and a park yeah. somewhere where yeah. people not could announcing. stop by and go, wow, what was that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The only job I had as an announcer for that event was to say time gaps and preem laps okay. because mm -hmm. I'm talking to the riders. I'm not, I wasn't yeah. talking to an audience yeah. out there. So, um, I think yeah, I agree. God, that'd be great if we could get to that point where I know you could have these, these, Alan Jacobs talked about putting one up at the Garland District. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, because with those yeah. little bars and stuff oh, yeah. up oh, there, right yeah. down and that he, main strip. And I thought, yeah. man, that's actually you. That's yeah. actually a really good idea. You yeah. could probably get some people to watch that. Yeah, I, absolutely. You get ca- bars and cafes and restaurants, yeah, yeah. people sitting out and watching it. So, okay, there's our there's our new solution to save road cycling. There it is. Crits. 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 Best ones to win, anyways. Yeah, and you don't and you don't have to pay for cars out on course. So your insurance costs are are separate. Just closure. That's the other thing that they're talking. I was talking to a guy over in Seattle, like Georgetown Crit. It just got. It was five thousand dollars for permit. Wow. So for any for closure. So it didn't matter if he's raising funds for the fire department, whatever. They just set this deadline. So. That's it. Yeah, huh? I mean, the, the amount, yep. So that would kill them. The promoters yeah. are like, too rich. Yeah. I believe that's what, I can't, I'm wow. pretty sure that's what he said. It jumped up from like a couple grand, then the next year it just went through the ceiling, like five grand or something. Wow. So it really depends. I think Spokane's very, obviously, Bloomsday, Hoopfest, they're pretty yeah. open minded at all yeah. this stuff. So I don't think it'll be a problem in Spokane. It'd be nice to draw some people from the West Side and have a good series, you know? Yeah. One, well, from what I understand is, the building of the new hotel downtown is what stopped the crit from happening. It was, yeah, that's what I heard. So they yeah. just have to move. I would have to move it. I would imagine somewhere. I don't know how they'd do that, but yeah, our team tried to look at it as another, do another crit down there. It was pretty tough. There's a lot of construction right now downtown. Even back then, like the old Bon Marche building okay. was going on and stuff. But uh, I think it's getting squared away. But you want to hit, like you said, restaurants. Yeah. Everybody that I know ended up at Ordorities on that crit. Yes, all my buddies yeah, were there were, too. That place was packed because yeah. it's turn one and the for the average yeah. listener who has no idea down. what you're talking about. This is a main restaurant, Irish pub downtown. Yeah, absolutely, big yeah. big patio area. And yes. It's turn one. Yeah, turn yeah. one. Yes. It was ideal. Yeah, perfect know? setup. Yeah. yeah, and I'm sure that you know you could probably find restaurants, breweries, things like that who would be just. Yep. Yeah, I'll help you put it on. Yeah. You can do yeah, your awards for in that banquet yeah. room. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> you know, shit, you're gonna, I'm gonna make you know sell thirty percent more beer that night or something like that. So no, it's a it's a cool idea. All right. So um, you know, one last question I did because you guys both ride for area teams and, and clubs and stuff like that. Um, what do you see in terms of that perspective? Are are more guys coming to racing especially as teammates or are you seeing less and less and less of that for me i'm for me myself i'm seeing less you are i had a great great amount of teammates for a few years and we all moved up from you know cat threes to cat one twos and then we raced everywhere for a couple seasons but then everyone you know like you brought up has kids graduations Mm -hmm. soccer stuff Mm -hmm. and things come up so and then they can do mountain biking or cycle cross which is less time commitment and yep yeah and so and then they can even do that with their kids like my kid right now is racing bmx so which has been awesome and i already know well here in a couple of years i'm going to be mountain biking because guess what he's not going to road ride yeah. yet yeah. yeah maybe someday he will like he's yeah. watching the tour with me he's loving it but he'll want a mountain bike i know that <laughs> so people and teams pop up but i've watched teams pop up like your guys team was mm-hmm. really strong good was. numbers yeah. yeah yeah and so now it's it's dissipated a little bit mm-hmm. beer had a big team and, and strong numbers and now that's faded yep. vertical earth had a really big strong team for a while and that's faded a little bit so it just comes and goes yeah mm-hmm. from what i can see um i keep talking to everyone about making a, a team here 
you know, making it because I'd love to be on just a master's team. Yeah. You yeah. know, just because I've gone to all these races like you brought up, but I'm just racing by myself, which is nice because I don't have to work for anyone. No one has to work for me. <laughs> but it's still fun going to races yeah. with people. Yeah. Right. Well, I was yeah. going to ask so. you, was Who that you have dinner with? You yeah, know, yeah. Something exactly. Like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, when you're at Baker City, was Team Tactics part of that? Because you were he was in the leading jersey the first stage. Yeah. He's humble. Yeah. He didn't say that, but <laughs> I'm sure, especially at that level. Team Tactics probably came into play. Team Tactics did, and mm-hmm. and a really good racer out of Portland, um, guy named Paul Bashir, um, really good racer. He went to the front with one k to go and just drilled it. And I didn't. I thought he was just trying to win the race. Mm-hmm. And I just said, okay. I kind of snaked my way through the pack. <laughs> I got on the fourth wheel, but I couldn't get on the wheel because there's people there. So I just went in the wind to the right. Well, he's setting his teammate up for the win. Well. I didn't real. I mean, I kind of realized that, but you don't realize that in the heat. But I was looking for the 200 meter mark, didn't see it, but I saw the scaffolding for the finish line, so I just took off, and that's how I won. <laughs> well, he after the race, you know, he was everyone cooled back down together, and maybe it was the next day at the time trial. He came up to me and he said, "Nice win and stuff," and he goes, "I was really mad yesterday," and I said, "Oh," and he's yeah, I led out my teammate, gave him the perfect lead out, and he blew it. Oh. Uh, and I thought, well, <laughs> I don't have to deal with that because I'll just find whoever. <laughs> opportunist. Just, just yeah. opportunist, right yeah. place, right time. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, you know, I think you were talking about team team members and stuff, but I think that, uh, you know, even if we're on different teams, Spokane's cycling right now is so small. Like you and Matt, who's on a different team, travel together to set yeah, up yes. like Cascade, start doing hey yeah, dudes. Yeah, room together, hung yeah, out together. Yeah, you know, okay. getting like package deals or whatever, renting yeah. a house or whatever. Yeah. So if we get five or six guys that's willing to do. do Cascade, you know, turn to bloom, maybe that's something, a network that we could work I on. I think that's so. a great idea because mm-hmm. everyone can have their own kits because if you show up to the Thursday night race, you don't want everyone on one team. Yeah. But I think oh, if you go to a race, I think it's like, hey, we're, we ride together, we race together. When we go to another race, like let's be here together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. the guys in the tour right now you got u.s riders in there and they're you know they're probably all pulling for each other yeah yeah like when i won the race in baker city matt was behind me and i heard him just yell fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> i was like all right dude someone saw that <laughs> cool yeah. and it was a road race <laughs> yeah it's a road race there's another racer but someone did see that <laughs> Well, yeah. and Paul, I heard you at one point mention, you know, it's just like, I just want somebody to race my bike with. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, it's, it, I don't care if it's, you know, and I'm the kind of the same way I did get, I have to admit, I hit a wall of frustration this year because, you know, it started out well and then I started getting my ass handed to me and, you know, and instead of going out there and training harder, I got to the point where I'm like, oh, fuck it. You know, I'm just going to go do this or something like that. But, um, um, you do, it, having somebody to to on a team, mm-hmm. even if you're not employing tactics, is a really it's a great motivator. It's to share the stories with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, okay. Where's yeah. Masters Nets next year? You know, I I'm not sure. And this year they're down in I think Boulder or I did Colorado look, Springs or something. Yeah, I did start looking at that. I was mm-hmm. like, could I go to that? Would my wife kill me if I went to that? Because <laughs> I've never done nationals yeah. and I've I've always wanted to. And I looked at it and it wasn't that expensive to go to. And I was like, you know what? Maybe. Yeah. And I missed it when it was a few years ago. It was down in Bend, Oregon. Yeah. yeah. And I should have went. And yeah. I just it was I there for it. three years. I think. Really? Yeah. yeah. Two or three years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I really. And it was that in up. Ogden, and then it was in Georgia, I think. For two years, okay. I think that's what it was, North Carolina. Yeah, North Carolina. And it was like not even yeah. objective. And and Pat O'Neill, who, who said, "Hey, 
on the 10th, Masters is down in Colorado, and I'm thinking, this is great. My son's getting married. Oh, wow. That selfish little yeah, I know. jackass. Oh, come on. It was like, I, I try to talk him out of it. It's, <laughs> yeah. His fiance's like, no, no. She's not happening. Really? No. Yeah, it's not going to happen. So. God. Anyway. Well, but, you know, and it is in our backyard, so. <laughs> literally yeah, the backyard. Backyard. you're kind of involved then. Well, then yeah. you, you should have just looked at him and said sorry the venue isn't available that week. It, it's well, booked the, yeah the yeah. way my season's been going is probably a good thing i have a good excuse <laughs> it's terrible but you know if you have a goal i think that's to me it's like if i have a goal if that's what i'm going to do i'll find myself driven it's like yeah i gotta hit these races I yeah gotta, I, you know I found I gotta I gotta start signing up for stuff in it way in advance, you know, and that's where yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, holy shit, I gotta do this. I spent you know whatever the entry fee is on this on this event. I gotta get my ass in shape and get down there and do that. So, oh, well, shit. All right, we always run out of time to do the thirteen, so we gotta get to no. We gotta we can, we can get at least one or two of the thirteen. Sean, you don't know what's you might not know what's going on. I don't know. I, I compile no. a list of thirteen random questions uh, usually under a theme okay. and 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 they're well they're always under a theme and these questions uh, we basically stick to them until we get rid of all of them and then i'm going to come up with a new list and i think we've gotten through like five or six of them um, these are under the category of oopses does does and omgs moments that you've made a mistake or a uh, oh my god kind of a moment so okay. um, we've all been straddled enough top tubes and, and raced them in anger in over our t- careers that we probably had some moments we probably just like that was really stupid um so the, here's here's this one B- this is called the biggest dumb kid mo- mo- moment okay in honor of the giro rosa i don't know if you guys have been watching the giro rosa the, the women's race happening right now um the last two stages have both been uh won and lost by somebody celebrating too early <laughs> talk about a dumb moment right you know and and the, yeah the i uh, there's one in particular i think it was a mitchelton scott rider woman who's putting her hand up in the air and you watch her face just drop That's when someone, i think it's mariana voss, voss comes sprinting voss. around her right at the last second it's just like oh shit um uh but so in honor of that um what's a moment in a race or even training i guess when you pulled the ultimate brain fart or you can blame it on youth or ignorance um, that you, you've experienced in your careers, you know, when you first started out riding, or even recently, you went, "God, that was the dumbest thing I've ever done." So, um, so many to choose from. Who's got? Who's got a? <laughs> no, you raced enough. You got a bunch you, of them. Click, 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 yeah. click. Yeah. Back. So, for example, I can remember the day after I got my wisdom teeth pulled, I decided to travel to a crit, and I raced with with chipmunk <laughs> cheeks. That's not advised. And I yeah. actually pulled up to the line and I looked at the guys next to me, and I. Sp- Bat a big glob of blood on the start line, and I just went, Let's go for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. It must have been in 1980, the old campaign, Go for it. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. Well, I don't know. I don't have much originality, but you know, that that was a really dumb thing. I shouldn't have traveled. I should have stayed home. Yeah. I shouldn't have raced because I think I made it three laps, and, and that was it. You know, I was just completely toast, and I looked like an absolute moron. So I don't know who wants to take their biggest dumb, go ahead, Paul. dumb kid movement. Moment. Well, mine is, uh, I know there's plenty more, but one that popped up is that working as an electrician, it was a Tuesday night, uh, there was a day of a Tuesday night race, and up at Lincoln Park, it was just a one-kilometer yeah. uh, uh, course, and um, my wife had given me two dozen chocolate chip cookies, and her chocolate chip cookies are the best, oh, but boy. they're really rich. Okay. And so, <clears throat> she yeah, take it to the crew, and we're working on this old farmhouse, that's it's 100 degrees and it has been for a while and i'm up in the attic and i'm up there for a long time lunchtime 
I'm dehydrated, but I'm drinking, and I ate like twelve of these freaking cookies. Oh my cookies. gosh, this sounds. Horrible. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I gotta this go. This might be a, a a poo story. No, no poo on this one. <laughs> Lots of poo stories, but this is not it. So I remember hopping in that crit and taking off. I'm thinking, man, I just feel like crap, and I'm literally seeing double. I could not figure it out. I'm thinking, it, it was just stupid. And I'm, you know, people are like, what's wrong with you? I'm all over the road. Really? That type of thing. Yeah, I was in a bad way. Now, there isn't a funny punchline, unfortunately, <laughs> other than by the time I got home, I ended up throwing up. Oh, and then boy. I saw the chocolate chip cookies, and it became very obvious. Oh, dehydration, the little chocolate chip cookies. You're in no, an I attic think. filled with vermiculite. Well, <laughs> actually, I could take Jeez. it a little bit farther. <laughs> the guy was a bat farmer, and he's worried about the West Nine virus. Oh, my gosh. I mean, he, not a bad farmer. He was a cow, a cattle farmer. I like bat me. farmer better. But he kept bats because they take care of mosquitoes. Okay. So when I went up there in the attic, this is so this is, I wear a Tyvek suit, <laughs> which is like does not breathe. So this is to tell how, how dehydrated it was. And I'm, I'm going up, and it's very short, and it's got bad shit. I'm not kidding. Oh, Half inch just... all the way through. And I have to, we have to su- su- support our, our Romex, so I'm hammering, and all of a sudden I hear... Oh no! Oh, oh Jesus! I'm like I gotta get out of here. Henry, all of a sudden they're like going right past my head. You were standing up day. slowly, like bad. Christian Bale as yeah. Bruce Wayne, just bats circling all around you. No, they, they weren't. Well, they were pretty. Angry that's how I'm gonna envision it. The light was going on. There was light oh, outside yeah. and stuff. Yeah. They were not happy. That was that was like oh that was awful. That was. I thank goodness I didn't go somewhere. And do something stupid like yeah. that. Pay didn't travel you know, to a hundred bucks for a stage race and get dropped. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, that would be <laughs> Sean, you got one? Yeah, I got <laughs> this one's funny. So I kind of got into bike racing uh, because of Gino and Wendy. Okay, uh, from round and round, yeah, I kept yeah. hearing their commercials. Uh, <laughs> uh, That's for, cool, though. Yeah. That's a great way. Yeah. So I kept hearing their commercials. This was probably like ninety nine or two thousand, and. Before that, I was I was a high school and college wrestler a little bit, and then I after wrestling in college, I got into some some jujitsu and and some ultimate fighting stuff. And so, anyways, I coached some kids in high school. One of the kids told me he's going to be in the UFC one day, and he is. He just fought the other day. His name is oh, Michael wow. Chiesa. He just won the other day. It's like his tenth win or something in the UFC. Holy shit! But anyways, um, so as being the head coach up at Sheridan Park High School, we we created this drill or this workout, it's called um, Title Fight. And it's five five-minute rounds, no rules, no points, just just you just go hard. And and so I had a senior on the team one year, and uh, him and his girlfriend had just broken up, and this is in the spring, wrestling season was over. <laughs> and, he, and he said, hey, uh, Coach Howard, I, I want you to come do a title fight with me. I said, I got tennis practice in like an hour. Like I got stuff to do. <laughs> and he said, I'm really, I'm really, I'm really pissed off today. My girlfriend and I just broke up and I have to get a UFC title fight in. And he's 182 pounds. I'm 150. And I'm just going, this doesn't sound like a good idea. <laughs> he, he, so he won't take no for an answer. So I go up in the wrestling room and, and I do this five, five minute fight with him. And there's no punching or anything, but there's, you're not really wrestling. It's just kind of like who can beat who up kind of. And it, it, it's physical and it's tough. And, and I get done. I feel like I've been mauled by a bear. <laughs> so I go out afterwards. I go out to our tennis practice for an hour, hour and a half. Well, that night is the Wednesday night mountain bike race. 
<laughs> and so I go, I, and I think to myself, I'm beat up. Like, there's no way I can race tonight. And I'm thinking, I'm trying to get in better shape. I'm trying to, I'm trying to do some hard efforts. I show up to that race, feeling like a bear mauled me. And as soon as they say go, about 30 seconds into it, I just realized this was the dumbest thing I've ever done. <laughs> and, I, and I made the race, but I was probably about 10 to 15 minutes slower than ever before. And I, I probably hurt for a week for doing that. Oh, man. But, oh, yeah, man. so that was, uh, that was one oh. of my, oh, what was I thinking moments. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. That, I just, I, I can't think of any situations as a fellow high school teacher where I would ever say, <laughs> okay, when a student came up and just go, hey, can we go upstairs and just beat the shit out of each other for yeah, five that minutes? Was, that was great. Like, huh? I, I, you know, I teach drama, so I guess we could stage fight. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, you could stage yeah. fight. <laughs> I figured it was either me or he's going to go beat up some kid in the hallway or on his yeah. way home. So I was yeah. like, all right, man, I'll do this. Oh, my God. Okay. That was miserable. That was a good 13. I got one more, though, before we call right. it a show. Right. Uh, worst fad you fell victim to? It could worst be fashion fad. fad. It could be equipment <laughs> fad. It could be... <laughs> I'm already laughing. It could be, uh, you know, nutrition fad. It could be anything. Like I that. know. Paul's got one. You've already asked this, and I and my response was, you know, I purchased a mountain bike. No, I had that dumbest a, piece of equipment. Oh, that's right. That was different. Oh, okay, so fad. All fad, right. yeah, fad. Do you want to go first? I got to think about that one. I, I don't know if mine's a fad necessarily, but mine's kind of equipment, just not knowing better. Yeah. I showed up to the round and round races down at Highbridge Park. And I, I thought I was just, man, I, I've done this wrestling. I'm in great shape. I'm going to go kick everyone's ass. <laughs> and, and so I go out and I get my, my bike helmet, right? Well, what bike helmet do you have besides a full face helmet? So I show up for this cross country race <laughs> in a full face. <laughs> Cause why would you not want a full face yeah, mountain bike yeah, helmet at Highbridge Mountain Bike Park? <laughs> you found out real quick, didn't I, you? I found out real quick. And I raced with that. I think the entire season in the beginner league, with basketball shorts and knee high socks, oh, shit. and it was just hydro pack. It was awesome. <laughs> I was loving it. Oh, I had man. no idea, but now I, I've seen that, pictures of it. That's a fashion statement. There, that's, it was definitely a fashion one, statement. Yeah. yeah, but you know, when you look at mountain biking, when you're at, when you're younger, you look at downhill stuff and yeah. what looks yeah. what looks cool. That downhill helmet looks pretty badass. So yeah. that's what I'm gonna write. Why are you guys wearing these dorky helmets? I'm gonna yeah. wear a full face helmet. So that was that's probably mine. Okay. Mine was, it had to be back when I first bought my bike in 86 and stuff. And that, that's when you bleed the skinnier the tire, the better. Okay. And, and I had these array of, the hook on the, on the array of clinchers were, you know, not so good. So I went, <laughs> and what's the skinniest tire you have? I found it, like, remember, was it Fast Grip? Who made it? Was it Avocet Fast Grip? Remember the oh, ball? Shit. They were like the first slick, you know. Tan. Oh, yeah. The, okay, the slick. Yeah. yeah. So it was a slick tire. And I had that thing, and where the rim, even back then, you know, these box rims, was wider than the tire. And I'm thinking, this, you know, and you pump up like 120 pounds. Oh, man, <laughs> damn. So I, I drove over to Seattle to watch the Redmond Classic, and that course goes like up, talking about like in, in uh, uh, Tour de Bloom or the old Tour de Bloom course. It would go up, down this course and stuff. I'm, and the course has opened up, and I'm, I'm 45 miles an hour into a corner. And that thing blows off no the rim. No Talk about it. My butt cheeks made it sound like thunder. There <laughs> <laughs> people like, what was that? And I had nothing. I was going right to the curb and just 
I can't, I realize right off the bat, can't use the front brake, it's all rear, you know, and I've got my butt hanging off. And, oh, and it's no. just where somebody <laughs> stopped me right, like, they stuck their hands out because I was going right into the curb. And then, oh, geez, that was skinny wow. tires don't work. They don't work. That was bad. Holy Sounds shit. bad. Yeah, I, was, I mean, I, it was, you know how, remember, like in the old days, you'd hear in the corner of a crit, pow! Oh, yeah. you, you knew somebody just lost it. Somebody well, yeah. I'm not racing him no more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's out. Yeah. But that was a common thing. Of the field. Yeah. It, it was a common thing in crits. You would hear tires just blow off. Oh, yeah, that's true because yeah. I don't really hear that anymore. No. In the races I've done in the last couple of years, I don't hear the exploding tires as yeah. much. People still roll as much? Roll tires? I've got a lot of rolling tires. Yeah, I've got a lot of rolling tires. <laughs> yeah, I've never had a rolling tire. Yeah. Oh, I was a dumb kid and I glued one on the night before a crit i remember and that's that yeah, huh? yeah I, I i we're we're out of our beverages but roger thompson's oh, parents just man. bought a new car <laughs> just bought a new car and i crashed in this race because I rolled a tire and i remember they said just sit down just relax and i had clement oh the glue all over stuff. my shorts <laughs> and i sat in the oh, back of their car wow. and i remember roger telling me he said you know, that glue is on that seat for the, for the life of that fucking car, man. It's like, oh, sorry. I remember Roger's dad looking at me just like going, no, it's okay. You know, but in his mind, he's just going, you yeah. fucker. Um, oh, that's great. So fads, I was trying to think of mine because there have been way too many. You know, when you start racing in the 80s, you know, you're just screwed. But one of them I remember really well was for a while there, there was <laughs> colored zinc you would put on your nose. It was like... <laughs> day glow colors because you know the white zinc was cool back then you know i don't okay. know maybe we all want to look like jeff spicoli or something like that <laughs> but but there was this company that came out with colored zinc that you could put on your nose and i remember showing up to race starts with my zero helmet with the with the lycra cover yeah, on it yeah, yeah. my bole sunglasses oh, man you're and like, and yeah. like a pink nose <laughs> <laughs> pretty frightful yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and i'm 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 just i'm glad i got up the courage to share it with everyone here you know because yeah. i feel like a, <laughs> you a, had to let a that one out person yeah yeah <laughs> hi i'm pat i wore shitty zinc on my nose in the 80s oh, wow. hi, pat. Like, uh, thing like that. <laughs> shit that was embarrassing but um there are a lot more there are a ton more things that i did and it was really stupid in the 80s but because it, it was the 80s though yeah, so what yeah, are you gonna yeah. do well um you guys, we've we've all been put on record as uh, as the tour uh, commitment here. We've all said the three that are going to be on the podium. Mind you, we can change that as weeks go because I don't think Good. anybody really knows what's going to win. Yeah. But we'll have to see if any of those picks actually come true. And I believe we've come to the conclusion that bike racing can be saved by putting on crit series. Yeah, yeah. Let's do I that. think and, it could be. And, and big group rides where everybody gets a medal or a yeah. cookie. Or something. Mount Spokane, there was nothing. Yeah, yeah there's this you, I pride don't think we have it. to have a reward. I think that if you just me and my know. wife will do it next year. Yeah, there you go. She'll get five hundred dollars. Yeah. I mean, Jeez. I'm not offering that to anybody else. Yeah. That's yeah. for her. <laughs> so I figured I'm giving her that money anyway. So at least I gotta <laughs> watch her suffer for this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If it's my marriage, you gotta ask her for the money to pay her the five hundred. Oh, yeah, kind of a thing like that. Just you know, she's no, she's smart about that. So, um, but we've got all that figured out, you guys. Um, 
subscribe to the podcast listen to, uh be sure and rate us on itunes things like that find us all those types of things and if you are following along with the tour game pack filler tour game uh let us know your picks through twitter and facebook and all those social media things and we'll keep that going um paul once again you're always here but with me but thanks for being here man thanks, thanks again sean thanks for coming Thank in you. it was nice having you in here great. um I, I you guys i i am going to go out on a limb here and say that the next show will be in the studio. I know. Progression. Might yeah. be might be filthy as shit, but you know, <laughs> I'm putting stuff on that bar, it, dry or not, man. If my computer sinks into the console, oh I'm just gonna leave it there. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. It'd be like that car where you had a little glue forever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I did yeah, that. Yeah, I'll just. <laughs> I'll call it the Thompson Bar. There we go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks a lot, you guys. Thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.